Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. It's Rob Cosper here with another episode of the Publish Pro Profit Podcast. Excited to have with me a great guest today, the cash flow maven, Kersha Campbell. She's the best-selling author of Your Cashflow Playbook, 39 Steps to Business Wealth. Kersha was in the corporate world for 13 years, and she uses that knowledge to provide uh, customized corporate strategies to help her clients to set up companies to scale and be recession-proof, which obviously is fantastic. She helps uh, companies scale, successfully acquire other companies in addition to scaling their cash flow as well so they can build a, a solid financial foundation. So, Kersha, great to have you with me today. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Rob, and for your work that you continue to do to really get, you know, others exposed and changing lives and generations. Thank you love for it, the work love you're it. doing. So 39 steps to business wealth. That That is a little scary for me. Uh, that sounds like a lot of steps. Do me a favor. You know, everybody's got their magic and, you know, how they, how they successfully uh, integrate the things that they've learned to help other companies. Like share with me, you know, the, the basics of, you know, not every step, but the basics of the 39 steps. When a company comes to you, what do you do and what do you look at first to begin helping them to get on a solid foundation? Okay. One of the very first thing we do is find out what is happening. It's like you're going on a journey. You need to know what the weather is going to be. What do I need to pack? You need to know what the state is, right? Of the environment you're going into. So in the same way, the first step is to do what's called a gap analysis or a review of what's happening. You know, are they, you know, reviewing their numbers? Do they have a bank overdraft? What is really happening? You know, what are their goals as yeah. well? Because sometimes some business owners, they might say, I really want to increase my revenue. I really want to be positioned, increase value to sell in a few years or turn it over to my, you know, my little ones, my children or family members or, you know, there's so many different goals. So I look at what's happening so I can know this is what's happening, what needs to be fixed, what is going right. You know, a gap analysis is not always what's wrong, it's what's going right as well. So that's the first step. And that is actually listed as the day one step. You cool. need to know what is happening in your business, what is happening. And I provided some questions that you asked, general questions that are applicable to each business. Yeah. So what do you find like on average what are the big problems that most businesses are having? Like, where do you see, on average, just like what the big problems <laughs> are? On average, the main problems are they don't know what's happening in their business. They don't know their financial numbers. They don't know if they're profitable or not. The One of the main issues is that they use their real-life bank account to run their business, which right. is a risky, risky, risky step. So that is one thing I find. I also find that there's a lot of systems, processes, effective ones. So you've made a sale. But there's no system in place to make sure you get that those monies collected, especially, and this goes for upfront payment or even payment in installments. So you don't have a system to collect. You might not have a system to know, you know, am I at risk for theft or fraud? You might not have a system in your business as well to 
to assess how risky you are. Business yeah. risk is a huge issue. So these are some of the things I find that are common and, uh, you know, very common and, you know, they can be fixed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I can see the temptation for a small business owner, you know, maybe a solopreneur or someone that even has a small team to simply just manage based on what the bank balance looks like. Um, exactly. So what are some of the systems that that you then have to begin putting in place to help that person to, you know, to scale? Because obviously you can't scale that way. Exactly. So definitely if you are at that position, the first step is to me is to fix it. It's to make it right. So after we found out what, what are the issues, for example, if you are running your business by looking at your real life bank account, we change that up. We ensure that you have reports, a profit and loss balance sheet, other measures, key metrics to know what is really happening in your business. You made a sale. Was it a profitable sale, right? Is it that you're relying on certain customers or main customer to get your business from, which is risky as well. So we definitely look at what is really happening, what needs to be fixed. So again, looking at using your real life bank account to run your business, it's comforting. Oh, I don't have a bank overdraft. However, <laughs> you might not have a bank overdraft, but you have a lot of persons owing you money. But you might not have a bank overdraft, but you don't have a system for consistent cash flow. So something there, you know, you might lose a client or the industry might switch and you, you, you find that you're so exposed because you didn't realize you had that risk. So these are some of the things we look at, which looking at your real life bank account will answer those questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well done. So, you know, you said something about systems that I talk to my clients a lot about, and that's having a system to always be attracting clients, you know, growing their business, making sure that, you know, for us, their book is doing the heavy lifting for them, you know, attracting the right kind of clients. In fact, I, I like to say that, you know, people are in two businesses, whether they know it or not. They're in the business of doing what they do, serving clients uh, in whatever way they do it. But they're also in the business of attracting people because if they if they don't have anyone to serve, then they don't have a business. So is that something that you focus on as well, The the like the marketing and the sales aspect of helping a business grow? And if so, how do you do that? Well, I don't focus on that in as much detail as you would. I will let them know that this is a red flag. So for example, you know, I had a client and they were using certain Google strategies and I was like, are you looking at the anal analytics? Do you know when your client comes in where they came from? So I'll point out at that higher level, the red flags, what needs to be done. And then we partner with someone else now who is an expert in those yeah. details and then turn it things around for sure. That's awesome. That's great. So you're you're coming in, you're doing a full audit, you're showing them where the problems are. Uh, you're not necessarily the person that's going to solve every single problem of the 39 steps, but you're going to point out the, the challenges and then bring in experts to help with, you know, wherever they may be uh, lacking or failing. So yeah, I really like that. Okay. So what are some of the the other, you know, next steps. Once you do the initial audit, you point out what the challenges are. Where do you take them from there? And oh, by the way, how long does this take? Like, obviously, you know, it can be forever in coaching and, and, but how long does it take typically to like turn around, you know, a shaky situation? Again, it depends on the intensity of what's happening, other things that are happening. So, for example, 
if you, I had a situation where there was a lot of money out. I mean, they had no bank or jack, but they had lots and lots of monies that were not in, not were addressed, that were owing. And we had to address that first. And we yeah. set up that system to ensure that you can know the red flags. There's a process to collect. And then after we looked at the wider area. So usually it's looking at what's urgent and important yeah. at the first. What is it that we need to first address? And then we, you know, we take it down the line in terms of priority, urgency, importance, and so forth. But ultimately, it's, you know, you, it's like you have so many issues, we prioritize and you take that first step. So that is what we usually do, ensuring that the urgent needs are issued first. In terms of timing, again, it depends. So if it's a situation where it's, uh, you don't have a lot of persons to, you know, involved in the decision making, it usually goes a little slow, faster. Mm. Another issue is sometimes if it's a busy time, I've had situations where it's such a busy time for them. So yes, uh, you're looking at your business, getting it organized is important, but what's more on the mind at that time is I have all these contracts. I need to get them done effectively. So it's when off. I mean, you know, realizing that that is important and they're not going to be settled and focused to clean things up inside if they are saying, okay, I'm missing all those projects, the quality control. So it's looking at all the different moving parts and seeing what is, what is, you know, the timing and supporting them. So it does very, it could take from, for example, three months, if you're managing just minor issues to a year, you know, yeah. going through the four different seasons of the business to really dive in and turn things around. That's good. You know, I, I'm obviously an entrepreneur myself, and most of my clients are entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs can be a little, you know, we like to start things. We don't always like to run things. And oftentimes, we don't like to finish things. Uh, of course, I could be speaking for myself, but I imagine that in some of these businesses, they're really lacking like an operations person or an operations manager. In some cases, maybe they have the wrong person in that role. Can, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, what do you see when it comes to like, you know, your, your typical entrepreneur that's just go, 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 close sales, bring in contracts, and then, you know, it's kind of a mess back behind them. What do you see as like some of the issues fixing it with operations people and that sort of thing? Well, definitely what I find is that, especially when you're a solo you're a solopreneur or you have a small company, a lot of times the owner, the CEO, the entrepreneur, they're managing the business in their head. They know everything, right? right? Which is good. However, there is no system for that support. Like think of like you're going to do a surgery. My sons did surgeries quite a bit growing up and when they were younger and, you know, they're different persons in the medical team. The surgeon is supported by the anesthetologist, the admin, the clerk. So all these different persons, no matter, you might say, oh, it's not a big deal, but they have key roles leading up to the success of that surgery. So in the same way, in your business, you need to have different roles, especially as your business is growing and the needs are changing. So that is definitely one of the things I see. You're doing everything on your own. And another thing, because you're doing everything on your own, you're not able to give everything 100%. And sometimes it'd be like, I want to save on cost, so I'm not going to pay for this. But right. it's looking at it not as that cost. It's like an investment. You have to do this to really make more money and to have things turn around. So definitely 
with the systems delegation, I definitely see a weakness there. Yeah. And another thing, if you don't have a solid system, then you're going to have trouble delegating because it's like just adding more chaos. You're saying, come in and do this, but you don't have a system for them to follow standards to maintain. So these are some of the things that I see which are just so risky when it comes into the delegation and having a great team. Yeah. You know, I love what you're saying. I couldn't agree more. I do think entrepreneurs will sometimes default to, I'm going to hire an operations person to fix this. But if they don't have the systems in place, then the operations person either needs to A, build those systems, create those systems uh, from the ground up, or I would imagine that they're kind of doomed to failure. You've talked a lot about systems, which I love. So what are, what are, what's your methodology to help the entrepreneur create the systems and get the systems in place and then eventually delegate those systems? Definitely, you have to look at what is the flow of your business. The system for a dentist is going to be different from the system for, you know, a health, someone who's in a spa business or a construction worker. So it's important to understand what is happening in your business. So what, what is, you know, from the point of uh, you starting this project to ending it, what needs to happen? What should be happening from the, point of your client coming in to leave and what should happen, what happens before they come, what happens after they come, before they, you know, so understanding the flow of what is happening in your business, that's definitely the first step. When you understand the flow, when you understand what are the needs of your clients, then you can now formulate the right system. So something especially, for example, with invoicing, it's not as simple as, as, oh, I'll send out an invoice. You know, you have to have a system right there. You have to have the controls for the invoice, invoice number. Should it be supported by certain documents before it's signed off? How does it get to the client? Email, snail mail, do they right. upload it in your portal? Things like that. It might seem a little, oh, it's not a biggie. How do the client want the invoice? Some, some clients are specific. I want this to be displayed. I want this. So understanding all those moving parts to ensure that for your invoicing process, it is meeting my needs and also my client needs because ultimately in sending out an invoice, what is the objective to get paid? Right. So if there's certain bottlenecks and breakages in the flow, you're not going to get paid or paid timely. And that's just another round of chaos. So definitely understanding what is the goal in this process, right? right. What should my client get at the end and so forth. Great. And then of course, if you want to plug in, in a new employee to do that, and you have the systems all outlined of what he or she needs to do, then they just follow that process, right? That's the training is a lot simpler. All they have to do is follow the checklist rather than you having to spend days or weeks trying to figure out how to actually train them to do that job. So yeah, I love that. Great. Yeah, and, and it's a common problem because I had a situation recently that we're working through and the expect the expectation of the admin person coming in was that, okay, they're gonna understand how you think as the owner, they're gonna just know this, know this. And no. you know, we pause that I realized no that's unfair. You're bringing someone in. You are assuming that they need to think like you. They need to use their initiative. I'm saying that that's not very common. Right. So it's not fair. You have to have standards and say this is what's expected. And then from there, that team member who you're taking on will know this is what's expected. It's clear. And from there, they can flourish even more to use their initiative and so forth. But be realistic and be fair with what you're expecting from your team as well. Yeah. 
Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love the talk of systems. And I'm sure that people can get a lot of understanding from uh, from your book and certainly from your website and those kinds of things. Let's change gears. Let's talk a little bit about your book. Uh, most of our listeners are authors or people that uh, want to become authors. And so one of the things we like to talk about is how are you using your book to grow your business? What are you doing to uh, build your authority, build your credibility in the marketplace with your book? Do you have any like specific examples or things that you're actually doing with your book to get your message out? Okay, so definitely one of the things I did was I gifted my clients with a book. And from there, they were able to see and I think I have a bit more confidence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the right word, but you know, you know, I did have renewals this year with persons say, okay, I want to keep going. You know, I definitely want to keep going with you. I want to, I'm happy with what's happening from that. And also it opened up a lot of understanding too for them to realize some persons you're approaching a business, you're not clear on what this really means. What does this mean? What should I be doing? So right. definitely have peace. Another thing which I, have done is I've opened up where I have uh, group support. That's something I'm, you know, launching in a few days here. So it's uh, having that group support. So sometimes it's like you get a book, but you need more. Yeah. You need somebody to say, how does, what should I really do? What should my next step be? How does it customizing it for my situation? So I did realize some persons are fine, grab and go. Some persons want that added support and that's fine. So I do have group, you know, extended support as well. So if you need probably two month support or a group support, that those options are there. So that's something that I have used as well. And I've also. Because of the importance of systems and structure and so forth, I've positioned myself as well as an authority. So I was teaching just last this summer executives in Asia and the Caribbean in this whole area of managing cash flow, their business, realizing that all the dots need to be connected in your business. So those are some of the ways I do extend the use of my, my publications. <laughs> Awesome. Great. Great. Those are great ideas. And obviously, the first thing that you mentioned, I really like. I suggest that to all of my clients. You know, send a copy of book of the book to all your current and past clients. You can get referrals from it. You can, you know, solidify that relationship. They can go through the book yes. and they can even learn what other things that you can do and offer them, which, mm -hmm. you know, can upsell into them into the next, the next thing. So congratulations on that. Thank awesome. you. T tell us, uh, you know, where can people learn more about you, learn, learn more about what you do? Let's give them a couple of links, website and that kind of thing. Okay. So definitely I'm on LinkedIn as Kersha Campbell, Instagram. <laughs> Facebook. Awesome. My website is www.thecashlab.ca. Pretty simple. Yeah. Thecashlab.ca. So you can definitely reach out to me, you know, send me a message. I'm happy to talk more with you. Great. Kersha, super nice to meet you. Thanks so much for being on the show. Congrats on uh, how you're using your book and uh, good luck in the future. Thank you so much, Rob. And thanks for tuning in to all your listeners too. Thank you. Love it.